Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are and when you're listening to this. And welcome to Align with Lina. This is another episode that I get to bring to you on November the 9th. And this is still the year 2020. We're moving towards the completion of 2020, but the excitement has not stopped. If anything, it is intensifying right now. And to be able to have a conversation that that is meaningful for all of us at this time, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to invite a friend and a colleague, Carrie, um, Carrie Glassmeyer, who I recently had a session with, and she was able to do a reading for me, and it was absolutely lovely and wonderful. And I thought, okay, this is somebody who has had a journey that has allowed her to align with higher truth. Let's have her join us on, on these um, conversations so that you, the audience, get to hear somebody else and their story, how they're, they're shifting these incredible times. And for that, please join me in welcoming Carrie. Carrie, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having me. Well, as, as I mentioned to you when I invited you to participate, this is about giving the audience an opportunity to get to meet people who just like me, just like you, just like them, ordinary people who are going through an extraordinary shift in perception and awakening. So I cannot wait to for me to learn more about your journey, but also for the audience to get to have that experience. So same question I ask everybody, which is, when did you begin to realize that life wasn't quite what you might have thought it was supposed to be like, like what you were taught? I was taught that I was going to grow up and marry somebody and have a career and make a lot of money. And then in 40 years, I could retire and life would be happily ever after. And it didn't turn out to be that way at all. Um, I've had to discover that there's so much more to life, especially the unseen aspect of life that I had no idea was there. So tell me, when did, when was that moment for you? I think that it was, it had been coming for a long time. Um, it was always kind of back here. Things weren't quite right. Um, but I never was able to find I didn't know enough to 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 question it. I just kind of had that feeling of there has to be more, there has to be better, maybe. And I had always collected from I, I don't know, gosh, maybe since my teens, quotations. Um, I would find passages in books. I would find um, quotes in movies. Um, I would hear things, and I was always keeping, um, I would always be writing them down on a scrap of paper, anywhere I could, things that really resonated with me. And they always were very, uh, I don't know, now I'm looking at it and they were very prescient. They were like telling me things. Mm -hmm. And and so, and I just craved these. And at some point I ended up creating a huge mosaic of all of them. Like I just sat down and wrote them each one out on a different piece square of colored um, construction paper and ended up being this very giant thing. And I put it on my bathroom uh, mirror. And now when I look back at those, I'm like, wow, they're all, we're saying what I know now. <laughs> um, but I it was like this reminder, I would see it every day. I would see them every day. And I, I know that part of me was like, where is this? Where, where do I find this? And it it finally concretized. Is that a word? 
concretized. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you cognized it. Yeah, it, it came into being, let's, I'll say that, um, or I started to find out that these things were not just for um, the Dalai Lama, they weren't just for, um, for enlightened people, they were for everybody. When I was introduced to Theta Healing, I met a Theta Healer um, and she explained what limiting beliefs were and I was like, oh, did not knowing that there were recordings and beliefs and programs and all that were that were basically covering up who you truly were and what you truly wanted and that that could be accessed by removing limiting beliefs um, and getting clearer on what you want and that using your imagination yeah. to think about the things that you want without listening to any of the stuff outside, right? Any of the noise, but using your imagination started that process of co-creation yeah. of as long as you could think it, you could get there somehow. And, and, and usually that was, you know, theta healers will tell you that's through, you know, eliminating, uh, sorry, limiting beliefs and that kind of thing. But I've, you know, since then explored and found there's many different ways to skin a cat. And so using, you know, different ways of doing it, whatever resonates with me. But I, I think that it took that person um, to, to kind of point that out. And that I, then I was like, wow. And then she suggested I take a theta healing class to become a theta healer, which I did do. And um, I met in that class, Jesse Lavery, who is um, part of this whole movement. And she and I were classmates and we would practice on each other. And then eventually she was like, we went this way. Like I decided I'm gonna be a world traveler and took off for Asia. And she's like, I'm gonna be a Theta healer. But I took her with me. I had Theta sessions as I was traveling because I was stepping way out of my comfort zone. And it was, she was in her life a few steps ahead of me. And so it was through her saying, I've been through that. I was that way too once, and now I'm this way. Yeah. And her life was so dramatically different that I could see, oh, it is possible and more, right? And I've been seeing, her, you know, she's been my favorite for <laughs> seven years. And so I've seen her as she's grown. And I've always been, you know, just a few steps behind, like trying to catch up. But, um, but to see that has been a constant reinforcement of yeah. anything is, is possible and none of this other noise and stuff is really relevant unless you choose it to be, unless yeah. you choose to listen. And so that was, I think, the, the, not the moment, but the time, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. So roughly seven, sounds like seven, ten years ago is, is roughly when you started doing that theta training. It was seven, seven or eight years ago. Yes. Well, um, you know, and that is, that is so common um, for everybody that I have worked with in, in my 14 plus years of coaching is every single person that I'm working with is a reflection, not only of my journey and because we're all going through the same process as right. these divine beings who are born on this planet as little children. I mean, when we're little children, we're free to use our imagination and it's unlimited what we can imagine. And little by little, we get trained out of imagination and into indoctrination. And that indoctrination is, is what sets those limiting beliefs that if you believe them, 
they create a very, you know, a solidity that it takes a long time to work your way out of that solidity and become fluid again so that you can flow with life. Well, but, and also a friend of mine, a shaman, the other day pointed out, she goes, you know, not just this lifetime, think about the stuff you're clearing and getting rid of from this lifetime, but from previous lifetimes. I mean, no wonder it is so hard and challenging and the stuff, the dark that you kind of have to go through to get to the light because goodness knows how many generations back this goes. Well, you know, it, let's, let's talk about previous lifetimes because that is something that as we begin to enter into this journey that we open ourselves up to what's beyond what we believe, we enter into the dimension of what is non-physical, what is, what is beyond the physical realm that we're familiar with and past lives, I mean, th that's that's at the spirit level, that's at the soul level, that's pretty much in the ethers. And we don't really right. talk about that. So how, how did you come to understand about past lives and accept it for you? Um, it was through Theta Healing when I learned that there were four essential levels that you cleared beliefs on. There was your soul level, your core level, which is basically this lifetime, then your genetic level mm -hmm. um, and your history level. So genetic would be um, more ancestral, but history yeah. would be past lives. And so at, for, for the longest time, I just poo-pooed that. The history, the, the history level, the ancestral, I was like, whatever. But at some point I started in theta sessions to see my own past lives. And I could, uh, the more I connected with source, um, the more I trusted that that became stronger. I would then start to actually see them and go and, and Jesse would say, well, what are you seeing? What's happening? And I could tell her and she's like, I can see it too. And so, then you can't really deny it. You know, you're not making it up. If someone else is either feeling it, seeing it, smelling it, you know, whatever that is that they're, they're able to identify it, then you've got backup and validation. So you, you can't go, that's not real. Cause so for so much of the time that we are moving through this, whatever our spiritual journey is, we don't trust what we see, feel, hear, we don't, it's hard to trust it and exactly. so another party say no i see it too then you go okay i'm not making that because so many of us think i'm imagining this i'm clearly making this up this can't be real yeah but you know and speaking about you know imagining and i want a shout out to angie and christina who are saying hi to us um thank you ladies for being part of this conversation and we welcome questions comments from anybody who who wants to participate in this um, but when I, let's see, this is quite a while ago, about 30 years ago, when my daughter was, two, she must have been maybe three years old, she was talking to an imaginary friend named Lucy. And Lucy was saying all kinds of things to her and having her do things around the house. And she was following Lucy and connected to Lucy. And one day out of my mouth came, honey, Lucy is not real. And I thought I was being such a good, responsible mother to let my daughter know that anything unseen is not real and right. to stop playing childish games. And kind of get with the program and let, let's, let's leave Lucy out of the picture. The program. Yeah, I love the that. Program. Exactly. That was my program for sure. That was in, 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 yes, my history, my coding. 
But what is so fascinating is that now, you know, many, many years later, I, I only trust the voices, the, the knowingness that I receive that is unseen. So yeah. she was trusting that voice, that, that knowledge, and she could see Lucy. I couldn't see Lucy. Right. Now, totally, completely, uh, um, an incredible, you know, I've done a 180 where I, I, that's where I go for my guidance. The world that I see is not the world that informs me about right. what reality is. The world that I see, I know it's a clear projection of my indoctrination, right. which is, you know, I'm a student of A Course in Miracles and The Course in Miracles makes it super clear that the world that we see is a world that we have created. Um, so the world that we see needs to be understood from two perspectives. The world that my physical eyes see is nothing more than validation of a physicality that my egoic self needs to experience. Right. But the world that I don't see with the physical eyes, but that I sense with the third eye is the real world that God created, which is the kingdom of heaven. It's paradise. It's so like consciousness, ego split and what they're exactly. Yeah, I exactly. Get that. So the work is to peel back the layers, the veil of illusion of, of anything solid being my reality and accepting that my reality comes from the the sensing of what is not physically focused but rather is that non-physical infinite information that we all can tap into so share more about your experience with the non-physical the more you begin to have other people validate that they're experiencing things that you're not you know that you're seeing but are not solid i love that you use the word veil i think that is so apt um because it is such it's right there right it's right there and i imagine a veil that is muslin you can even see through it kind yeah. of it's, it's not completely transparent um you know and similar to your daughter um you know i got shown in a theta session when i was clearing some beliefs because i had shut off my connection, my my intuition, my ability to do reading, psychic medium readings, that kind of thing. I didn't know why it came so late in life. I thought, well, how does that happen? And it turns out that um, I, as a baby, had, I could see myself in the crib and I had all these wonderful spirits that were tending to me, playing with me. There was a grandmother spirit that was loving on me. And then there was this really mean one that would come and pinch me and make me cry and all this kind of stuff. And I shut that down real fast as an infant. And um, so I have, and I have no memory of it. I wish, but I was able to see it, not as a memory, oddly, but as a memory, I, it, it was in a theta state. So kind of hard to explain. Um, but in terms of, you know, recognizing the, the 3D, you know, ego world, and then the spirit world, that for me took a lot of clearing of limiting beliefs because I, yeah. I, I fought it, I fought it, I fought it. Um, and it, it, quite frankly, if I'm honest, I will say that it was this summer that I decided, okay, enough. My, I want, I'm realizing that my connection with myself 
is the most important thing I've got in terms of self-trust. And I, I don't have it. I'm constantly doubting. I'm constantly doing this. And I don't want to live that way anymore. And so the Congratulations. way. Congratulations. Thank, <laughs> um, I kept going for it, but I finally, and, I, and then I would be okay with it. It was like, okay, I'm in my comfort zone. And then I I'd go a little bit out of my comfort zone and I'd take these baby steps. But this summer I was like, no, done. Um, I want to leap out of it and leave it in the dust. And so what occurred to me was, well, by strengthening the relationship with creator, my relationship, I will strengthen that self-trust. There's something there. I know it is. And um, someone here, a Thady, he person here was, I had just met and she was saying, so you, you can like channel, you can, you're immediate. Like she was telling me what I was. I had told her about an experience I had in, um, when I discovered I had these capabilities, like in my thirties and it was very traumatic and I shut it down again. And she's like, open that back up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it was too traumatic. It was too scary. Um, cause I saw a lot of scary things and, um, she was like, Oh no, we can work on this. And so some theta healers encouraged me, worked on me to get through the fear. It, it didn't take much. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing readings for people just for free to re to establish that connection and see where that takes me. And yeah. that is how I started doing, started doing readings for real, not just practice. I started getting confident in it and it, it became um, very, it was so effortless and easy. And I started to not doubt what I was hearing and seeing. I was like, okay, sure. That's gotta be right. Yep. Let's keep going. And of course the, the person I'm giving the reading to is saying, yes, that resonates. Yes, that resonates. You are getting that at the beginning, but now I can do it without even needing that resonation. I can just go, okay, I trust. Um, so that was kind of my journey to then lead me to, I mean, I thought I was going to be, and I still may be a photographer. That's what I was working on. But this came in and people were so positively responsive to it and the readings and I was positively responsive. I started to see myself shift quite a bit um, that then it was like, OK, this is where I trust. This is my trust place. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I started pulling away from the physical world, although I didn't realize it until you're pointing it out now. I started to just go always internal. Any questions that I had, any concerns, doubts, guide me, um, yeah. that kind of thing. And so yeah. that's been pretty recent. Um, and then that's that's normal. Yeah. You that, think so? Oh, totally. It's very normal. The, the journey is very much a movement between the upper and the lower chakras. So oh, okay. We have that, this, you're familiar with the, the seven chakras? Yes. Okay, perfect. So, you know, the, the lower chakras are all about our human experience. They're about who we are in the world. They're about our, the emotions and they store our belief system. So those lower chakras are, is what allows us to navigate this as if that's real. Well, when our, when our upper chakras open up, like the crown chakra opens up and we receive guidance, we receive um, curiosity, the third eye now wants to see things differently, we will go into the realms of curiosity and then we have to come into the, to the womb. We've got to come into inside. We've got to cocoon. We've got to unpack to be able to look at those lower chakras 
that that is a very private journey. You've got to go inside. You do your therapy. You participate in in groups that hold a sacred space for healing because we're literally revisiting the traumatic experiences where we begin to pull away from our higher uh, chakras and we ground ourselves in just the lower chakras. And that's why this is a, a journey of self-love because every time you go down to the lower chakras, you go away from love. When you come up to the higher chakras, you're moving through the heart center. So it's a loving journey to come up. But when you go up into the higher uh, chakras and you receive guidance and you receive knowledge about your eternal self, when we begin to tap into our soul to go back down to the lower chakras, you walk through the chakra of the heart. It's a very loving, gentle process in, but it is a journey of, of um, pulling back and coming out, pulling back and coming out, pulling back until you can be in the world, but not of it. I just had an experience the last probably I'm going to say the months of uh, towards the end of July, September and October have been kind of cocooning months for me to the point I have not sent out a newsletter to uh, my my clients. I haven't really communicated a whole lot because I have been pulling in. I have been receiving guidance that my work has to shift. I cannot continue to teach people how to become spiritual. My work now is to move beyond spirituality because spirituality becomes a block in and of itself. Like religion becomes a block. Wow. And if you're moving into total and complete freedom, you've got to move beyond the realm of spirituality as well. So for me to be able to teach that, I needed to, to see where being spiritual is a block. But it and it's it's all about going up and down those chakras, going into the realm of source, give me clarity, and where am I holding that spiritual belief that I need to release? Because it, it it's just an ongoing process of up and down until you settle in, you know, in the heart space. In the heart space. No, I just had a similar experience. That's interesting. Okay. I that was all about it was everything was stuck here. Um, a friend of mine in what my heart, oh, okay, yeah. It so my a friend of mine is getting her PhD in, um, well, you wouldn't say shamanism here, you would say, um, metaphysics, okay, or as a metaphysician. Um, <clears throat> but she she did or is working with me on this, and it was. She's like, you know, your heart chakra is blocked. Um, this was just in the past two weeks, actually. And um, it was a very different experience than doing Theta, but I was open to it. I just wanted to explore different healing modalities. And the long story short is that through this process, um, one of the exercises you do is you re you don't rewrite, you revisit your story, your childhood, and you end up writing, like it's a once upon a time, a stork was um, delivered a baby to the right house, dot, dot, dot. You fill it in stream of consciousness. Once upon a time, um, you a baby, a stork delivered a baby to the right house. In that second one, she was like, 
she had brought Mother Jaguar to support me through the process and shifting um, from what they call an illumination. And um, she's like, let Mother Jaguar inhabit you or you inhabit Mother Jaguar when you write the story. And she goes, because everything's really blocked here. And for days, Mother Jaguar would go into my chest and take my heart chakra out and like lick it and lick a wound that was behind it. And it was like a giant hot pink crystal that was like real active and stuff. And she sometimes would eat it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Um, and I just was like, okay, I'm just gonna let this happen. I don't know what, why she keeps yeah. eating it, licking, but okay. Um, when I rewrote the second story, or wrote the second story, um, <clears throat> I was able for the first time, and I hope this is helpful for others, because I have, we're talking seven years of theta healing, removing, removing limiting beliefs, but still seeing myself as less than, and many yeah. times a codependent, lots of labels, I could still, even though I've worked through a lot of that, I was still seeing that as part of my story. She said, you've got to do the story without ego. And I said, okay. Yeah. And I went in and for the first time was able to see how I was none of my stories. I was able yeah. to go through my entire life and incidents were coming up that I'd completely forgotten about that. At, and I've always said, well, that was small, whatever, but no, it was big. It was huge that I was able to overcome that or do that. And I was, I kept writing and I, I was a beautiful soul and I was this and I persevered and I, and all this positive and I'm crying and I keep writing and my arm hurts and my shoulder hurts and my hand hurts and Jaguar is in, her head is in my head and it keeps doing this, keep going, keep going. And creators above me saying, keep going, keep writing. Cause I wanted to, like, I feel like I'm making this up, yeah. but that at the end of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I am really not my stories. And it, mm -hmm. I think it's a culmination of all of that, um, of that work. And then this particular way just resonated and spoke to me. And it was like this, this split from my stories. And then Jaguar put the chakra back in and it just exploded into bright pink, I don't know, energy. I'm not really sure, but um, it's hard to explain the stuff that you see, right? Um, but, but it was, but it's, yeah, but it's beautiful. What you're sharing is absolutely not only beautiful and profound, but it, everybody has to go through that. What, what I'm going to call, um, a, a total and complete recognition that, that we have two beings living inside of us. Yes. And we, as, as children, we're aligned with our higher self, that essence that is here on the planet to be the bringer of love and light. That is the essence of who we are. But then we become the net. The other being is the one that we become. And that is where all the programming rests. And they're two totally distinct. I call them filing cabinets. You got the <laughs> filing cabinet with the files that you pick up from the world. And you got the filing cabinet with the, the truth and knowledge that comes in with you as the source being that we are. And our work is to sort through these files because we're not what the world tells us we are. We are that eternal essence. And your experience is, is such a, a, a very typical experience where we call in uh, sacred assistance, whether it's in the form of a spirit animal, it can be through a you know, crystal. It, it can be through a, a you know, a, for me, the being that assisted me through most of my, my shifting was the, the, the being known as Jesus. Um, so that that being known as Jesus, I was familiar with because I grew up Catholic. 
But what, what Jesus was helping me do inside of me was shift from that egoic filing cabinet to begin to open the drawers, open up the files of my Christed consciousness. And that, that shift from you know the, who we are in the world to who I am as God created me, that takes a while. That is a journey. Yeah, it's a scary journey because you don't believe you could possibly be like Jesus, but you know what we are. We, we are just like Jesus. We are we are the essence of Buddha, the essence of Muhammad, the essence of Krishna. We're all of that, and and that experience that you went through is is just a beautiful rebirthing, uh, reclaiming, re reigniting the flame of the truth of who we are. Say more about what happened to you after you had that experience and your heart begins to really truly open up and you get to remember your true identity. You know, what's happening now, because this was just so recent, is that I, I'm getting in touch or back in touch with what came out of that story, which was confidence, empowerment, self-sufficiency, independence, um, a lot of strong, powerful energies. And that's what I'm feeling. I almost feel like I could do I could fly at this point like I feel like if I wanted to I could fly like that and I know part of that is the the good voice ego saying like I can kick ass and do whatever it is that kind of thing I um I'm also noticing that I'm feeling more I don't know if connected is the right word but certainly seeing everybody on the same plane meaning so less separate, right? If I'm less separate from myself, then less separate from everyone else. Um, but it, I feel like it's a lot of it is still integrating and shifting. And, um, you know, it could take weeks before it all kind of settles down. Um, I've noticed that I kind of expected seeing how my heart did what it did that I would suddenly become this blubbering loving mess, but that has not happened. And I, <laughs> and it may be just the way that I express love or the way that I go about it, but I, it could be also that, that love is not, I have the incorrect definition of love, meaning, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, I just had this conversation the other day with, I can't even remember who it was with that we do have, we operate, from the moment that we receive that indoctrination and we solidify uh, our idea of what love means based on what our parents teach us, once we enter into that kind of love, which is very conditional, it's purely survival love. It yeah. is, I'm gonna do whatever I need to do to make you happy because I don't want you to reject me and that not being rejected feels like love or not hurt me feels like love because the opposite of that, of rejection feels horrible, feels like a death in a way. I don't matter, so I'll do whatever I can to get this conditional love. But the real love that we experienced, that we gave to anybody and everybody when we were children was totally, completely unconditional. And that kind of love, we have to recreate a relationship with creator's love. And we, we, don't, yes. we, don't know that. we don't know that love intellectually. Yeah. So, okay. That now it's all coming full circle for me. So now I'm seeing, yes, it's almost like love is about respecting 
each individual and recognizing them for who they yes. are. And, yes, and here's why. Because love is not an emotion. Right. Love it's is not an emotion. It's an energy being. or a being, a way of being. Yes. And when you're being what you are, you know that all that is is one with you. So there is, you cannot place conditions on what is you. You, right. you just accept, you acknowledge you're kind to the one who doesn't remember that they're one with you. You're compassionate with the one who is, you know, flailing about, like Jesus said on the cross, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. So that kind of love, which is a state of beingness, you've got to remove a lot of layers and come to the place where you know that your safety lies in your alignment with source, not on anything external, because the outer world will, once you begin to wake up, the outer world does not want to make you safe. The outer world is thinking you're going crazy and, you know, it just wants to pull you back under its control. Yes. And if you don't find your, your safety, if you don't build your house on a solid foundation, and by your house, I mean your centered sense of self, right. in, in your alignment with creator, you cannot extend real love because you are going to be in self-protection, afraid of losing the external safety that it that's false. Right. Okay, but it's so. it's so you know it's it's um we have so many agreements that are made uh, of total incomplete. Um, oh, Angie, I'm so glad that this is a beautiful coaching session for you. Um, that sense of alignment with the source of who we are. That is where real love begins and egoic faith, fake love begins to fall away because you right. won't settle for conditioned love once you begin to taste unconditional love. That makes total sense. And now I'm getting like, okay, now the picture. So I can now go back to your question about how has love been for you? And I go, it's free flowing then because that's exactly yeah. how it feels in terms of because I kept looking for an emotion and I'm like, I don't know that it's an emotion. I feel like it might be an energy. And, and I asked creator, now I'm remembering. It was like, it's not what you think it is. It just is. And yeah. and the way that I'm, I, I can see a difference in the way that I'm relating to people. I can see that a difference in the way that I'm perceiving, let's say people in my flower right now. Um, and And I can also feel more distance. Like my ego is over here. You know, there's a lot, there's a big difference and yeah. it can say what it wants to say. And I'm like, whatever. And yeah. can kind of, you know, refocus. So thanks for that clarification. That's really helpful. No, but it's so beautiful what you just said, because in essence, we come in as a divine being when we are really truly being the presence of love. That's why everybody wants to hold a baby because it's pure love. We want to feel unconditionally loved and a baby does that for each and every one of us. <laughs> So the, we come in totally, completely our, our true essence, loving, being. Then we create that mask that we put on that is the egoic mask, and that covers the truth of who we are. So right. as we peel away, as we see the what's not true, as we peel away the layers, the ego begins to separate from the truth of who we are. That's why we have to see that we have two selves inside, the lower egoic self and the higher soul self then that voice of the ego goes further, further back and your truth comes out. So that's where now you can hear that voice. I mean, I have voices in my head that will say, 
you know, that jerk over there, how dare they, what's wrong with them, watch out, they're going to hurt you. And it's it's just a little voice back here, you know, doing wow, wow, wow. I don't listen to that voice because yeah. that voice is not the boss of me anymore. I am under no loss but God. Yeah. And it guides me to love all that is, to absolutely be the presence of love. And you know, the way that that shows being loving according to the truth of who we are, it shows up in very simple ways. One, gentleness, defenselessness. You don't need to defend what you know. You just you just know the truth for you, for you because you know everybody will find their truth when they're supposed to. Right. There's kindness. There's there's such a there's an honesty. There's an integrity that comes with it. You trust completely. You trust all that is because there's no fear. It's a fearless state of beingness because you don't. I don't rely on this world to do anything for me. Anyway, no, not at all. This world is a place for me to experience how much of my real self am I extending. And that's all that matters to me. I mean, it's just totally the only if there is a being that I'm interested in making sure that I um, do not let down if to use those those 3D words is God. I don't care about anybody else because for me my alignment is with that source and there is no way to hurt another being at all from that space but of course people in the 3d world can interpret that as as you know right. they can say you forever like that was not my intent and you don't take responsibility for it because you know where you're coming from and that exactly. is completely their issue or their they've got to own that or don't yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you we, can Okay. You leave everybody. Yeah, you leave everybody to to their own lessons whenever those lessons come. But right. let, let's kind of shift the conversation because now that we're talking about this, people getting their lessons from where you sit now, uh, coaching people and working with them and connecting to source to for guidance to to provide information. What, from your perspective, are you seeing happening in the world right now as a collective? I am terrible about that. I think part of it is just that I'm in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere right now. And so I don't have a whole lot of perspective. Um, hmm. I guess. Let me see if I'm answering your question right, because of what I see is a world that wants to wake up. Mm -hmm. um, but is terrified to do so because of the belief and belief systems that they are programmed with that they're going to lose everything. Um, exactly. and only bad things will come of it. Um, and so therefore change is this awful scary thing, which I was and up until very recently still had some issues with and um, it wasn't until creator said to me, change is only to make you happier. That's its yeah. only point. That's yeah. the point of change. And if nothing's changing, then it doesn't need to. Um, but so, so what I see is with, you know, the way that, cause in Montana, we're real close to all the fires in California. Plus there've been wildfires here. I was told recently Glacier National Park, which is a treasure in nearby 
it's set for extinction in 2024 and I'm there and it's amazing. I, I can't believe that, but who knows? Mother Earth is getting pretty crazy. She's doing her thing. She's doing her thing and she's, I think, you know, preparing us for a big shift. I've talked yeah. to friends that are into astrology and they're like, the shift is like, it's happening, it's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, they differ kind of on when that is, but I, and then the election and all that fun stuff. Um, I just feel like people want to do it. They're scared to do it. So instead what's having going to have to happen is they're going to have to be pushed yeah. kind of forced into it because they're not going to do it of their own volition. They're just exactly. too afraid. It's too much of a challenge. Um, and also who wants, who really is going to sign up for, I am going to make these changes in my life. And oh my God, if, you know, if I look back now and see all the dark nights of the soul that I experienced, would I have signed up for it? I don't know. So hell no. <laughs> going, I'm going to do this. And then, oh shit. So yeah. I think that, um, that it makes sense that some people are going to have to be, you either really want it bad because you know, deep, deep down that on the other side of it is, something amazing and you don't know why you just keep going and that's what I did but then I think the the majority of the and I think that's what you've done and a lot of the people that are in our that are seeking coaching and 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 that are in the prosperity blossom they're all going I don't know what it is but I know it's better um exactly. else, it's like it's like the the it's like the world is being hit by a, over the head with a two by four and yeah. then like change or you're going to go extinct basically there, there's no other way about this you know it's like we're dinosaurs at this point and we need to watch out because the meteor is going to come <laughs> those of well, us that are not prepared cannot evolve you know yes. that's how i see it i don't yeah. know if that's your question totally totally because as within so without and if you if you just use strictly the, the let's use the therapist and the the uh, coach analogy when therapy started, you know, th this is really not that long ago. You had one therapist, you had two therapists, you had five, 10, 20, 30. You know, you might find a good therapist in a big city like Atlanta. We might have had 50 years ago, maybe five therapists in Atlanta. Then next thing you know, there's 20 therapists and then there's 50 therapists. Now there's 100 therapists. At the same time, there was one, two coaches 20 years ago, then there was 10, 15 coaches. And now we have not only hundreds of therapists that are helping people work through the, the, the emotional stuff, but we've got thousands, if not a million coaches around the world. What that tells me is that consciousness is preparing the masses for this major shift. So many of us have been over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years waking up and preparing ourselves to assist others. And there are so many of us assisting the masses that are waking up like Kishland posted here. The collective is scared to stop and listen to the collective story because it is a voice of lack. It is a voice of separation, of limitation, of not enough. And it does nothing but scream of fear. Yeah. Thanks, Kishland. I'm glad that you find this a great conversation. I'm loving talking to Carrie. So what is what is happening is that we are in the middle of an upgrade. We are shifting from elementary school and we're moving to high school. Right now, we're in that summer in between where 
people are not quite sure what's coming. They, they don't know what it's like to be a high schooler we, or a middle schooler. We don't know what it's like to be uh, aligned with a source that provides for you. We don't know that because we've been trained out of that. But right. we do know that relying on the external world to provide safety, on the external world to make us okay, on our partner to make us feel whole and complete, on money coming in to feel safe. We know that old story. And what is happening right now with these elections is nothing more than an opportunity for us to really come together. Mm -hmm. Because if humanity makes a decision, let's all join in and talk about what we want. We all want the same thing. Deep down inside, we all want the same thing. We're just trained to ask for it differently. We're right. trained to ask for it conservative or liberal. But right. bottom line, we want the same thing. We're trained to look for it, whether we're black or we're white, male, female, heterosexual, or, or you know, other ways of perceiving sexuality or expressing sexuality or whatever you might want to call it. So we are right now being brought to an opportunity. Like you said, the dinosaur, the 3D ego dinosaur is about to become extinct. <laughs> and the only way to move into that, the safety that is going to get us through this is to begin the connection with our true self, but you can't know your real self until you explore and become aware of the false self. That That's a mask. You know, you're right. That's a really good point that you, until you identify that that voice in your head is not you, that that is actually something called the ego, which I did not really, that I didn't learn that until 2018. Um, so even through all the theta work and that kind of thing, I was told in a session, you know, that negative is your ego. And I'm like, what? And I was sent to an, a Tole video that I immediately watched. And I was like, mind blowing. Oh my yeah. goodness. And then that really shifted some stuff for me because then I was really listening. I was yeah. actively listening and it was really awful. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It was Angie yeah, Angie just posted something to that. She just said that some people need or want a professional confirmation for what they may already know. Yeah. And that's what, what the Theta Healing Session did for you, Eckhart Tolle's message did for you. For me, it's been the same thing. I went to therapists, I went to shamans, I went to coaches, I went to healers, I went to Eckhart Tolle, I read lots of books, and until I began to know the truth inside of me, so keep sharing what you were sharing because yeah, when we begin to feel that truth, it's powerful. Well, yeah. So then it became like, oh my God, this voice is awful and I'm awful. Like, cause I was completely identified with it and I'm traveling in Greece. I'm on a Greek Island for goodness sakes. And I'm trying to become a photographer and it's like, you can't take photos. No one will ever buy your photos and you're all alone in the world. And I mean, it just anything and everything that you don't want to hear or believe it's saying, and I am listening. I am really listening. And, um, and I'm abroad and alone and I'm abroad for months and months and months with this. This is, and it's not fun. And, and I'm alone with it. And, um, I, that's when I started to go, okay, um, I guess I'm just supposed to listen, but I can't bear listening because yeah. it was just so awful and I couldn't unidentify with it, but I stuck with it and then it would kind of calm down and then it would rear back up and then calm down and rear back up. And I went through that for months 
um, to where it got so bad that I, I was um, stuck in a little, for lack of a better word, because there is no word for it, but a cabana type place on the Gulf of Aqaba on the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. And I'm there alone for four or five months. I have no money. I'm living on $5 a day. Um, I'm there because I can live on $5 a day and figure out how I'm going to get some income. And I mean, if you're in that kind of situation and you're alone and you have codependent issues, you have um, rescue me victim issues, all that kind of stuff, it's all coming together just like in this hot mess, right? The perfect storm. The perfect storm. And um, I couldn't even afford to have theta sessions. So I was like having to try it on myself, which I had no confidence in doing. And um, so I would journal it out of me a lot of times. I would just journal for hours because I didn't know what else to do. And I would try and meditate and I would cry. I would be on the floor just weeping four and five times a day. And then I pick myself up and make myself leave the air conditioning um, because it's so hot there. It's part desert, part ocean. And I would make myself leave for a while and I would start crying on the streets. And I was in a great place because the Egyptians wouldn't like look at you strange doing this. You could do this. This was not weird. They just kind of walked past you. It was like, okay. And I was just out of control. And it was the most awful best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you mean because that melting away of this sense of separate self, this fearful self, once you identify that voice and you know you're not that voice, you're the listener of that voice. You're the one that is present to there is another person talking in my head and it's not me because I don't like what it's saying. Once that happens, that is the beginning of this identification with our lower self. Right. But then we have to do what you what you did is to deny that permission to be what runs us. And until yeah. we take a stand and say, no, I will not listen to that, that then you, you cannot really truly wake up. You might be in self-awareness, but you cannot awaken to awaken is to live from your soul, not your ego. Right. And it took me another year to get to that place because I would do theta sessions of like I'm my ego runs me my i'm trapped by my ego i mean i had so much of that to work through and then i rediscovered tole again um i want to say last september no two septembers ago and i was like i just had enough again i just reached that point if you're like enough and i i i bought the practice of the power of now not because i had the power of now but i'm like nope it's too long i want to like just get in there and let's go and yeah. i was ready for it someone had given me the power of now before and i just was like no and so i i had listened to some of his videos or watched some of his videos and then i was like you know mm -mm, not i wake up every morning with anxiety i worry all the time this is no uh -uh. and by by him explaining in the words that he used for me to be able to kind of step back, I could practice the watching. And, and that takes a lot of time and effort. It takes a lot it does. of, a lot of discipline, a lot of discipline. Yes. It does. That, that's where most people uh, will not move past that discipline part because the voice in the head, the once you identify the voice in the head, it creates another voice. It begins to create the voice of doubt that you even have another voice in your head. It begins to make you think that you're crazy for thinking you're you've got a voice you want to get rid of. 
And, and so it, it does, you know, that's why people ended up in insane asylums before. Most people in insane asylums, they were waking up. They were not crazy. Right. Um, they were moving out of insanity and then we labeled them crazy. But one of the things that, you know, that you were touching on that is just so beautiful and so profound was your awareness that you didn't want to be run by that voice anymore and your commitment to waking up. To me, that's exactly what's happening to humanity in in, in a massive way is a desire to move out of the conditioning and to begin to listen to something deeper because we can clearly see something is not working. And I, you know, Christina had mentioned this earlier when we were talking a couple minutes ago, but that she's excited and ready for positive change. And that is exactly what happens when you, when we commit to letting go of the voice of the ego. But in your own words, uh, and let's both share our, our, how we describe the ego, because that to me is one of the most misunderstood aspects of, of awakening. And it is why spiritual people have a real, are going to have a very hard time waking up if they don't fully understand what the ego is. Because mm. our spiritual eye, our, when we get all spiritual, what we do is we spiritualize our ego. And our spiritualized ego is one very judgmental aspect of ourselves. Yeah. And so how do you describe the ego or define it? I define it as sort of like a necessary evil, meaning it was necessary um, early on in life to keep me safe, um, to, to help me survive. Um, I see it now as something that teaches me what to learn from or what a le what lesson I need to learn. Um, it's not that I always disregard it. Sometimes it's saying something and I'm like, well, do I, I need to look into that? Like, why is that? Because it is what gets triggered. You don't get triggered. It gets triggered, right? So I feel like it's a, a teacher in, in that aspect of, okay, well, just by listening doesn't mean you're identifying with it. You can still hear and go, well, and you're like, whoa, well, that's a trigger. Hmm. I may need to look at that. Or maybe it's just doing that because it's bored and I don't need to. And, you know, you make that decision. Um, but I will always go up to creator and go, is this something that I just need to be aware of? Or is this something that I need to maybe I have some limiting beliefs about what's going on and <clears throat> I'll take that guidance. So I feel like it's kind of a teacher um to, to help us um kind of stay on our toes a little about it's what keeps us awake in a sense if that makes sense and it keeps us kind of going higher and higher because if you don't watch what it's saying and go oh that's connecting to something in my solar plexus and now there's anxiety or there's something or something's going on. If you don't listen to that, then you're not going to continue to keep going to a higher vibration. Um, that's how I see it. What about you? Yes. And so I see it uh, in that way and also in a, in a different way. And the, the you know, as, as I continue my journey, as I begin to see more clearly, everything, everything begins to have a, a different meaning. It, it just has that, that 3D meaning, the 5D meaning. So from the 3D perspective, from the human perspective, the ego is, is nothing more than like a recorder. It, it's this recorder that's recording information from the moment that you're little, and it is using it for the purpose 
of creating a sense of protection, like you were saying. So we, we, we are these divine beings sending out love. That's all that we're doing, sending out, shooting out, you know, rays of love out to everybody. And then we feel, we sense someone's not receiving that love. We resent a block to that love. We resent, we experience a resistance to being ourselves. Right. And then we record that experience. Oh, mom didn't come right to me when I was crying in the crib. And our immature mind interprets that as there's something wrong with me. Mom's rejecting me. Exactly. So the ego mind is recording experiences and interpret interpreting them as then I need to take care of myself because I don't mean anything to them. So the I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough is what this recorder is making a sense of self-protection that sends us into manipulation. I mean, we are we are bullies. From a very young age, we become bullies, whether we're <laughs> aggressive or passive aggressive it shows up differently but in the 3d world the ego is the part that allows us to feel a total complete sense of separation it gives us the human experience and it allows us to get completely immersed in what it's like to be totally disconnected from source what is happening this is where i see the ego differently now what is happening is we, we've been walking on this bridge the 4D bridge to move us into the fifth dimension. Mm -hmm. Well, the fifth dimension is there is no ego there. There is no separation. There's only the knowledge of the oneness mm -hmm. that we are. So the best analogy that I can think of to use for the ego, it's the training wheels that we use when we're little to navigate, you know, when you put the training wheels on your bicycle, your tricycle, whatever, to be able to ride your bike. But People, you know, you're 18, 19 using training wheels. That doesn't work very well. You can't go very far. So to awaken, we've got to drop the training wheels and trust that we can, like you said, fly. We can ride um, on the wings of love. We, we can navigate without needing this human need to control, to manipulate, to protect when your protection comes from your inner guidance, when when you are aligned with source, you don't need to protect yourself from anything. Right. We're, we're not used to operating without protection because to be totally unprotected, undefended, we need to give up all of the ways that we manipulated to gain that protection, the codependency, the um, unhealthy relationships, all that, all those behaviors have to be seen and let go of. So the ego in the 3D world is what gives you the sense of separation in the 5D world. You can't go to the 5D world to oneness, collaboration, co-creation, and sharing. You can't. You cannot take the ego because it's it's a recording of how to protect yourself. To, because it, it keeps the story that you're separate in your mind until there's no need for separation. There's no connection there's no oneness there's no alignment with the inner creative source that is your only source of of um of safety because then what comes in the dimensions beyond that is that we're all non-physical all of this is is imagination solidified for the purpose of the experience of ego 
Right. But without ego, this is all pliable imagination that can shift and morph and, right. and into that timelines where we don't need to solidify things because we can change them if we want to in, in any now moment. Yeah, that's a really good point. I haven't gotten there mentally. Like I haven't made that leap yet, but I totally understand. And I, that, that kind of resonates. Um, it's almost like, like the, my definition is almost like the 4d world definition. Like it's it only for you to get to the 5d, right? Um, like yeah. once you've disidentified, but you still get your triggers and that kind of thing. And then exactly. you get to a point where then you're in 5d and that's not even a part of your world. You you can't. You cannot. We cannot ascend into the five D. And it's it's a dimension of consciousness. What it means is when when we are we come from all that is. We come from the all knowing source, and little by little, we spiral ourselves down into a tiny little point of awareness. The journey is a spiraling out, undoing the limitations, expanding yourself to receive more of the truth of who you are. Right. Well, when you know the truth of who you are, there is no separation. So therefore, there, there cannot be any uh, sense of ego. And that's when we get all spiritualized and the ego gets all spiritualized. We create a separation with, I'm more spiritual than you. I know it. I know my spiritualized ego. I know how how judgmental I was from what I knew. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until there is a total and complete respect that everybody is where they are on the continuum. I mean, it's like a spiral spiraling out. Right. Until we don't see another, um, until we don't see you trying to hurt me or me needing to defend myself from you, but rather you and I are dances of energy. One is going to get a little darker for the other one to move further into the light. We're here assisting each other in dancing with the energies of love and fear. And to the extent that we have that sense of self-protection, that sense of separation, we are operating at different degrees of, uh, I'm going to say, it's really how much of the truth are you living from versus how much of the untruth are you living from? Somebody more 80% ego maybe is only connecting to source 20%. Right. Somebody who is in 80% source, you know, they still have the voices of ego, but that doesn't run them. They, they can, like you and I are saying, you know, that's that background noise. I don't have to listen to that. Uh, it's right. like the back driver. You don't have to listen to the ego when it's, when it's, when you are really, very clear that you're not that right so the fifth dimension that we're headed to i mean that's a couple hundred years before humanity is operating at that level of of love and, right. and transparency. you you have to be transparent to be 5d but what we're learning in on this path this this 4d path which is just a bridge we're learning that we've got to get honest with ourselves and not hold secrets we have so many secrets that have to be unpacked. Mm -hmm. And that's what is really uncomfortable is to open up our fears and admit our judgments and our shames and our guilt and our resentments. And we've got to unpack that so that we become transparent. 
and it's quite the journey. Oh my goodness, well, Carrie. That makes sense what you're saying about what you were saying earlier about spiritual people and spirituality and that being in the way because it is easy, I think, for healers to go, well, I'm spiritual and therefore I'm ascended or whatever word they're going to choose. And I have no more work to, to do. And I have seen that um, quite a bit out I'll, here. In I've my done that. Yeah. It's, I, I've done that. It's a stage. It's a stage yeah, on the journey. I can yeah. see how that would be a big block because I've seen a lot of theta healers that don't do their own work. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, how can you work on people if you don't see a healer yourself? That doesn't, that doesn't quite jive with me. But, um, yeah. but well, yeah. what happens is we're grounding ourselves in the truth of who we are. And we have to come to the place where we do believe that we know it all because that know it all in the mind becomes the, the confidence in this information that we're gaining. But then we've got to do the practice. The practice, really, the walking, the talk happens when you begin to catch yourself being out of integrity. And that moment comes to us when it comes to us. And then we experience the shame of I know it, but I'm not living it. Right. And that's one of my favorite things about The Course in Miracles, why I'm going to be specializing, because I work a lot of healers now. I'm going to be specializing with working with primarily healers and teachers. Because if we don't face that shame of I walk it, but die, don't talk it, the ego creates another level. This is an insidious little monster. It is. That Very creates levels and levels. And yeah, it's, it's like um, this amazing maze that we have to navigate. Mm -hmm. and, and it gets trickier and trickier and trickier the closer you are to the light. So to walk because it's trying, it'll pull out all the stops to get you away from the light. It will do anything, yes. everything, and it will go for the jugular every single time. <laughs> yeah, yes. I've experienced that. <laughs> and, and it's because of my experience. It's because of my experience with it that I, I have been able to see it. And, you know, all these years of coaching, I see it in other healers and teachers and, and also people who are not necessarily a healer or a teacher, but they they come to the place of realization, wow, I'm not walking the talk. I can talk it, but I'm not walking it. And right now, the shift in consciousness is calling for more of us to get honest because it is really, it's a shift from humiliation to humility. You've got to feel a sense of humiliation. Oh my God, I teach this and I'm not, not living it. Right. And when you have that internal humiliation, it burns off the need to to maintain a sense of separation inside where you literally uh, feel like you're that specialness that I, I know more than you do. Mm -hmm. When we feel the humiliation, oh my God, I don't really know that that that's a come to Jesus moment. That's a really bear yourself and say, I'm not walking what I'm talking. I'm not living what I'm teaching that's when humility begins to that the essence of humility begins to come in and really takes us to a much softer, gentler, loving, kinder, defenseless place. And that, that to me was exciting. That sounds like a wonderful place to be. I mean, it really is. And I'm, I'm only, I'm only in the beginning stages of that, that, that stage, that phase of my life. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how much deeper and wonderful it will get, but it is so 
it's so sweet to live inside of that gentle space. I bet it is. It sounds amazing. And I'm like, I want to go there. And I think, well, you are, you're on your way, girl. I think, I mean, I do notice that uh, when doing readings, I will get messages that are not just for the person I'm doing the reading. They are also for me. Um, oh, yeah. It happens a lot. And I know that happens for a lot of healers and all that. And so, um, and, and, when I've noticed that I'm like, okay, I, I'm still trying to get my head around what I'm doing and that kind of thing and not been able to like, just make a little side note, you know, as I'm doing the reading of like, okay, look into that. Um, and then sometimes it's so big and blatant, you know, it's like, can't ignore that. Um, and, and I think that, um, that I'm, I'm really glad that you brought this up because it's something that now I want to, be aware of and have awareness about um, because okay. I don't think I would have had you not said that and talked about how you can hit that block. I mean, I'm still reveling in my shamanic healing thing that just happened and I'm finally see myself differently for the first time in 47 years, you know, and I'm like, this is awesome, you know, but there's still, I've got, you know, there's still more to go. And, um, and I'm going to revel in this as long as I can, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I don't ever want to be too comfortable. And I don't mean that in a hard way. I mean, no, I get in a closed I get way. I get it. Like you, just like you, I want to stay open to the creative source, which is yeah. why I, I continue to go deeper and deeper into the studies of A Course in Miracles because I haven't found anything as powerful as that to really truly exp explain what it is that we need to liberate ourselves from. And yeah. uh, I know you've got a, a, a trip ahead of you now and we've had such a beautiful long conversation. We will have to come back and, and uh, maybe do a part two sometime soon because this has just been absolutely delightful. I so appreciate you. Carrie, how can people find you that may want to do some work with you? What's the um, best? Besides here on Facebook, because this will be a um, uh, a podcast, and they are they won't be able to click on Facebook. So, how can people find you? I mean, my phone number. Um, well, I wouldn't put your phone number out there, but do you have a website? I don't. This is I'm intending for full word of mouth or something like this, or someone, you know, recommends me that's had a session. I could, it could find me and message me on Facebook. Um, okay, perfect. Just as Carrie Glassmeyer, they can private message me and then I could give them my phone number because that's really kind of the only way right now. Okay. And I could okay. also is a Gmail account, mess a medium, medium with a message at Gmail. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so medium with a message at gmail.com. Yes, you can reach her there, or you can email me, contact me at lina at linaorlando.com, and I can forward information to her. But it has just been a joy having you here. This is if you great. don't mind, yes, if you don't mind, I thought it would be. <laughs> if you don't mind sharing, you know, a, a tidbit of wisdom with our audience, what would be the one thing that you would really like for people to know? I would like them to know that there's a couple of things that came up while we were talking. And one of them is it takes as long as it takes. And that's okay to have patience with yourself, have patience with, with to have patience with yourself, have patience with creator because that divine timing is true and real. And I, 
if it takes you three years, five years, seven, whatever it is, it's an, the journey is forever. It isn't, there's no limit on it. And if you keep trying to get to a certain point and get there, you will be nothing but frustrated and judging yourself and feeling despondent and discouraged. And instead I would encourage you because I've had to come to this on my own, um, to have patience and understand this is a message direct from creator to me because I asked like, what's up with divine timing, man? Like I'm really over it. <laughs> and I was told that this is the way that I keep you as humans safe. If you got everything you wanted when you wanted it all at once, you would explode and you would not be able to handle it. So trust me when I say this is how I keep you safe. And I said, okay, that was enough for me. And maybe that's enough for you that are listening and watching. Um, but just have patience with yourself because everything comes when it's supposed to. And, and the other thing is don't give up because it, the light is there. When it is darkest and when it is most awful and when you're having a dark night of the soul, no, I promise you the light is coming. It is just so necessary for you to go through that dark space to come out on the other side. There's no other way but through and, and don't discourage, don't get discouraged and don't disparage because you will, if you have perseverance and, and really, if you look at that, just, just know that you are choosing you, you are choosing yourself. And that is the most important thing that you can do, not only for yourself, but for your loved ones and for this world great big world because the work that we do on ourselves is has a domino effect to all the people around us even though we can't see it or feel it or maybe we don't believe it just know that it does um and you may never know what kind of impact you have on other people but it's there and just don't give up love that choose you choose you choose you and thank you i'm so grateful for this beautiful conversation. And I look forward to uh, us maybe scheduling a part two at some point. But Carrie, good luck with your drive, your move, and uh, I'll see you in, in our flowers. We'll keep up there in our prosperity flowers that we both belong to. Okay, so, thanks so much, Lina. I appreciate it. This was fun. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. And we'll see you at the next uh, Line Bye -bye. with Lina episode. <laughs>